0: You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse, Earful of Dirt is the only podcast dedicated to Major League Rugby. Now, coming to you live from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live.
1: All right. Welcome to your Full of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm Aaron Castro. I'm joined this week by Victor Perez in New York City, Josh Fredland in Denver, Corey Munson in Iowa, and Dan Brown is lost in the wintry subways of New York right now, apparently. So hit us up in the comments section. Do some live chatting. Answer your questions. How's everyone's week been?
0: I think things have been good. Uh, had some great rugby this weekend. I don't know about you guys if you got to catch any of the matches or not.
1: Um, well,
0: I definitely wrote an article
1: <laughs> today, this weekend. <laughs> so I did catch that. Uh, Josh definitely wrote an article, so he caught one of those. Yeah. Um, and Victor definitely did because I see what he wrote. Um, but uh, mm-hmm, That's right. Uh, You know, a lot of good rugby this weekend. I uh, spent way too much time with portions of my family or my, her family that I don't like. (laughs) You know, it's like, so you just, you, you. it's, I mean, everyone who has a significant other knows there's at least somebody you don't like, right, Uh, on that side. And uh, you know um, ASU baseball is back, so if you uh, if you've been wondering where the ASU baseball tweets are, Josh, um, they're coming. Someone was I, I remember last year, like last summer on like last spring on the board, someone was like, he tweets too much. I think it was Josh. He tweets too much about ASU baseball.
2: <laughs> I honestly do not remember that at all. Oh, man. So,
1: <laughs> for those new to the podcast, each Monday night, we discuss news and rumors from Major League Rugby, the United States Professional Rugby Union competition. It's a chance to discuss the issues. Hear from the league, team leadership, check in our friends from across the U.S. rugby scene. Corey, what's going down?
0: Yeah, we got a heck of a show coming up here, guys. Uh, First of all, we're going to talk about a cracker of a match down in Houston where uh, Nyack uh, visited this weekend. Uh, And uh, yeah, just a heck of a match there. Um, Then we're going to transition and talk a little bit about the USA Chile match. Uh, Another heck of a game, a little bit uh, different score line at the end on that one uh we've got some news coming out of nyc some stuff that's going to make dan and victor pretty happy i'm sure and then of course we'll hit up some player signings some other headlines tweets all that fun stuff at the end of the end of the show so with that what do you guys say we get this thing going so nyack
1: went down to uh houston and well i i'm gonna have to eat some crow on this i wanted to see some things happen and uh you know there was not a 50-point difference on the scoreboard. So, Victor, man, tell us about it.
3: So, going back with, with Nyack, it, I have, I'll be honest with you, I've never really seen the team play. I've seen Old Blue play, i seen Village Lions play, heck, I've seen Brooklyn Rugby and Lanzo play. I think i also seen the Rockaways team, which is Division 3, but I've never seen Nyack play. But now I understand why their national champions, and why they have won uh, several of the titles as well, and also been runner-ups last year. So they were losing 33-17, 21-point difference by halftime, and came back to lose by one point, score ending at 39-38, which is quite something. Now, the Sabrecast, of course, were their usual force at the beginning of the game, put in quick tries, uh, but I don't know what happened to Warms favorite Soms, a son Zach uh He was not having the best time at the boot, which is really weird. I don't know. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, so Sam Windsor came in, took um, kicking duties by the end of the first half. The home side pulled all their tries at the first half, and what really saved them from losing was Sam Windsor kicking a, a, apparently a fifty-plus meter kick. That saved the game for them, which was great, by the way. Uh, speaking of which, uh, shout outs uh, to the Cybercast management team for having a helicopter land in the middle of the field to deliver the kickoff ball, which, by the way, was Ram Rugby branded. So that already started, which is great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, overall, uh, according to the, the announcement, actually, we know the announcement. The commentary again by our friend the rugby evangelist Mr. Grant Cole and Brett Meltz. It was a great game.
1: Josh, I mean you you know, you wrote the match recap. What what did you think went down, man? I I I listened to the first half. Uh, didn't really get to listen to the second half uh today. And uh you know, you, you're listening to the first half and you're thinking, All right, we're gonna see that progress that I'm that I was talking about in the preview. And then uh NIAC showed at least uh, why fifty percent of Rugby United New York might be pretty darn good next year.
2: Yeah, I, I think the SaberCats kind of bought into their own hype just a little because of how well they've done. Um, they got up by a lot, and hey. um, <laughs> they just kind of hey, tried to on. ride them. <laughs> they tried to ride their momentum <laughs> um, for. For those football converts, um, Sam Windsor's kick was about a 60-yard field goal. Um, that, was,
1: that was something else. And yeah. so Connor Mills can do the same thing. Like, yeah. think, of, think about that. Like, they have three guys that can just kick from anywhere.
2: Yeah. I, I, and then I guess I got one question for you, Aaron. This might be – Nice segue into our next segment. When does yeah. Harry Bennett become eligible?
1: Harry Bennett? Man. Yeah. When did he move
2: here? He seems like he's been here forever.
1: Yeah, um, he has been I, a I, long time. I don't know. So um, if, if it feels like a long time, I'm guessing it's been two years. Um, then that would mean – you know, one more year probably because he's grandfathered in under the old rule.
2: Because I know um, he, I know he played the national championship against the Huns.
1: But mm-hmm. I, okay. yeah. So I mean, if he was here a year and a half ago, um, he's got at least a year and a half to, or let's say twelve months to eighteen months. But I will, I'm gonna do some in-game research right now um, and let everyone know.
3: Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but wasn't Harry Bennett playing a, a, in a pro a team?
1: Ugh, oh, sh- I actually have it somewhere. Um,
3: I mean, I sent that to you. He was like, "Yeah, he was in Sacramento." I don't remember.
1: Uh, so, six months, maybe at most. You think since he played at pro in Sacramento?
3: Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, think he was already Nyack before he went to Sacramento. I want to say.
1: Uh, so, uh,
3: so he's probably a US qualified by now.
1: I think. Hang on. Um,
3: Three
1: senior player. Oh, come on! Mm-hmm. It won't give me. It won't give me his history. So, but I mean, jeez. He's well we
0: can we can kinda research. Moving on, that. so he's probably and, uh,
1: he's probably pretty close, if not now. I mean Dylan Fawcett just became eligible uh back in the fall. So Bennett was based on what I listened to, man. Uh he had some handling errors, but in the second half, reading your uh recap, he was he was something
3: else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the kids say, he was on fleek.
1: I uh, no, is that, is that what no. they say? No. no, they. I
3: swear to God, that's what no, I no, say no, no, now. No, no, it no. sounds stupid, no, no, I know, no, no, no. but that's what I, no. I swear to God.
1: He, he was on fire. On fleek is not fleek has nothing to do with being a beast on the pitch. Fleek has something to do with your eyebrows, and you're a chick. Oh, is it?
3: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's that's, that's, what I said. that's what the kids say. Oh. I'm, I'm not kidding anymore.
0: Yeah, what? Wait, wait, is he Ratchet?
3: (laughs) for for Ratchet and Clank? (laughs) What?
0: No, like, you know. Ratchet. Like, you know, like a tool. Ah, okay. I
3: I assume. Oh, okay. (laughs) Ratchet. I'm sorry. I assume we're talking about Ratchet and Clank. If we're going to
1: go pop culture, Ratchet is not not a good thing.
2: (laughs) I I, I just do my own homework. Did my own in homework. He played for Santa Monica in the PRP back in twenty fifteen.
3: Oh geez, he's oh, ready yeah. to go. Let's yeah, go. of course. This year. Right. Yeah, this, this year, right? Of course.
0: Yeah, let's go. He's ready now. Um yeah. let's sign that man up. Mm-hmm. Alright. So And speaking of USA. Let's move forward. So
1: the debutante's ball, I guess, for some of them is the talks ball. Brothers, we got some work to do. No, um, so guys, I, I sort of have some questions about player selection. Uh, I or maybe you know that hey, they rested Hanko, but is Shermer still not cleared to play? I, I don't know. Um, and you know, so Sam so Wooching, man, when he has the ball, he is near unstoppable. But he's not. He's he's running straight lines. Right now. I know. I don't – I he he wasn't – we covered this – I covered this earlier tonight, and he just wasn't there as a six. Like, a six is – you always got to be involved in the breakdown, and he was, like, in the right position, but not involved, if that makes sense. Um, and if he just gets his footwork down with the ball, he he will score from anywhere. Like, he's got the speed – He's got the physicality, but so right now, I mean, he's really like an impact 14, uh, off the bench, but he's not really a six or seven. Um, to be honest, uh, the tactical decisions I had some questions with we're at midfield five minutes in, in box kicking, bring up some more forwards and get out like, and just get the ball to the back line and push. Um, And, uh, you know, we seem to be doing the same things towards, I guess, the latter part of the Mitchell era. We'll strike fast and then punish on defense uh, to an extent, I guess, play down to our opponent. And then in the second half, we'll just, you know, open up. So you stop the small mistakes and Chile gets roasted over an open flame and it's 70-10. to So – some other guys that really uh you know continue to shine is Dylan Oudsley. Al Jibori, that guy's a prospect. He could be, you know, a a six or a seven for the next ten years. Paul Isike, uh, there were some children on the Chile side that were uh, <laughs> that were trying to arm tackle him. And they would like they sort of avoided it after they after the fact. If, you know. But So, Josh, what what did you think of that?
2: Uh, you know, I thought it was a good match from what I could see. I was out, so I kind of had to watch it without commentary. Um, from what I could tell, it was a great match. Um, Al Jabori got his first try. Whippy played a great match. Lasike was a beast. Um, you said you wanted to put Psalm at 13 or 14. I kind of want to see a full back line of um, Alex Elkins, Sal Mucci, Bryce Campbell, not, and Paul CK. Not
1: that I want to see him back there. I think his current skill set does not make him a six or a seven. He needs... He's been selected to the high-performance environment, but he's not been playing as much rugby as he needs to to yeah. upskill him fast enough to be here, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. And then, so, well, he hasn't been announced. We all assume he's going to play in Major League Rugby. Does that help him?
1: I, I mean, he's – I don't know. I, he needs to play a lot of rugby in a technical environment and mm. to get every – because he's an elite athlete. An elite athlete needs, you know, the same kind of environment he had at Washington – and to develop because he can like he can be like the guy who becomes the six for 10 years right yeah like he can be that guy he can have he can earn 70 caps you know since we're playing enough now that will allow someone to become a centurion eventually, eventually you know um i the interesting interesting concept like what did you guys think of Dylan Oudsley's just awareness with the way he was playing?
3: I'll t- I'll take that question. Um, I think I really like Dylan down in, in on the center in the center pack and he makes a really good combination at least by, by what I saw in the game with Bryce Campbell. Their pairing looks superb, really. And and their awareness of each other, knowing Uh, For example, as Dylan uh, was running, he already knew, uh, at least it seemed to be, that Bryce was either behind him or to the side, and he was able to pass it, and Bryce would boom, score. Same thing with Bryce when he had the ball, pass it to Dylan, boom, score. In fact, Dylan scored twice. So I think his awareness of the game is is up there, as well as his defensive game. So both in defensive attack, I got a problem with the kid, and as soon as he gets – into the the, the habit uh, with with the legion, um, I I see good things of him. I have to say, Josh, if you want to take the word,
2: yeah, I mean, oddsley's kind of small for a center. I mean, he's only 5'11", 200. but so, he makes up for that with his his smarts. <laughs> so so he's 5'11",
1: 200. I read six foot one eighty nine. So if he's I, he so Please I've stood man. next to, I stood next to Brocky so I mean the cards are all messed up so I'm not sure I'll have to go measure him myself he's well, I've, I've seen him stand ne- I've, st- I've stood next to Brocky I've stood next to Dylan A, they're both taller than me but Brocky is listed at 6 one and Dylan is listed at 5'11", or six foot depending on where you look mm-hmm.
3: Brocky is taller. according to us Brocky is taller. according to us. According to our Instagram page, he is five eleven and two hundred pounds. According oh. to our Instagram page. So,
1: and that's according to what a DM.
2: So.
3: <laughs> well, my measurements
2: were from the USA Rugby website.
1: So okay, but um, I mean, I mean, he's shown that he can play at a test level at outside center, and <laughs> 5'11 200 pounds. That makes him a solid man. To be honest,
2: true. Yeah. So, Seems kind so, of small.
0: So, guys, I uh, I'm gonna go ahead and be the little bit of rain cloud here. Um, as far as my thoughts on the match, I was really concerned about a lot of what I saw out there. It was a hot mess, especially outside of the first maybe ten minutes of each half. Uh, the uh, set pieces were bad. The pass just. It was a sloppy, sloppy, sloppy uh, middle middle of the halves. And uh, honestly, if we hadn't been playing uh, Chile this week, I think that scoreline would have been a lot different. And I have some real concerns uh, cu- with uh, Uruguay coming up here in a couple weeks. I, I think that's going to be a real test for us if we continue with the lineup that we have right now, unless something changes in practice in the next you know, week and a half. So
1: I I think this lineup will change a little bit for this week, but uh you know it's Ur the the lineup we had this week is not the mat lineup we will have against Uruguay. Like the first choice players who are available are going to play because that is going to be our toughest match. Uh what we're gonna want to see in Brazil is you know, progress. And there were some periods where we're talking about like it was a mess. We stepped back in some ways, but part of that was because, you know, a bunch of guys left and they, the guys that some of the guys that subbed in, didn't get enough time, didn't get a lot of time. Brendan Daly debuted had no, so he had no time in the previous two matches. And, you know, I I saw him once with the ball in hand and I love when locks run and then he sort of disappeared Uh, So I'm going to want to see him, like, be involved. Uh, But, yeah, I I agree with you. It was a mess, especially the, like, the last 20 minutes of the first half for me. We just played a lot of defense and we just weren't able to run our offense as effectively. And maybe that has to be with, you know – uh, how Chile raised their level, because I talked about this earlier tonight. Chile raised their... Ch- Chile played a very low standard game of rugby against Brazil. And then, you know, they raised their level against Argentina 15 with really a Chilean B-side to an extent. And then they brought... they After some of those guys rested on the... Like, didn't even suit up for the next match, they... You know, started those guys and brought them up to you know Fullerton, and you know they they just played defense with heart. But to an extent, I think we have this issue with playing down to our opponent, per se.
0: That's interesting. I I like I said I I think the the best thing about it was getting to see a lot of new faces. I think the worst thing about it was a lot of the new faces are pretty pretty inexperienced, inexperienced, so. Um, yeah. Uh,
2: I think that led to a lot of the issues is because you had the mix of the new guys with some of the old guys, and it just led to chemistry issues.
3: Well, guys, let me jump into my comments of the match, which I haven't gave um, yet. So, as Corey mentioned, uh, the game was really sloppy, and as, as I'm already accustomed to, as a... As a U.S. rugby fan, it is common for the U.S. men's national team to have a slow start, to only get better uh, in the end. And that was the case here, of course. Now, the Chile side that came to Fullerton, that that was actually their B side. Because many of the players got rested after the game with Argentina 15 that they had in Ushuaia.
1: So, it depends on – I disagree. So, I I did the player tracking. Uh, It was definitely a B side last week and you know the, the game they're gonna win they're gonna try and win was brazil and i i mean i posted the i guess the roster comparisons but i do agree that okay it was a b-side in a different way whereas the b against argentina it was you didn't have a bunch of their first choice back whereas against us you didn't have a bunch of their first choice backs if that makes any sense.
3: It does, yeah. But again, that's one of the main reasons as, as to why. And I was really surprised, actually, that even even as a B-side, uh, whether it was a back or the forwards, they played, play, first of all, played with heart, and had some moments of brilliance here and there. But of course, obviously, that wasn't enough for for them to get the win. Now... Uh, the ball handling errors and the penalties given by the, the the USA were obviously welcomed by the Condors uh but the Eagles defense of course proved too much and after the, the home team got into the group of things uh come the second half of course it was it was over for Chile obviously now I was happy to see that the debutants left their mark uh on the match uh with tries obviously by Malin Aljiburi and Paul Asique the uh, first work by uh, Son Wushing and really good lineout work by Brandon Daly alongside Dylan Fawcett of course uh, with his throws. And of course the next challenge is Brazil away and that will be obviously a really good preparation for the match against Uruguay the following week. So all in all I, I think the Eagles are probably going to go five and zero in this in this competition if we don't get another blunder like we did in Brazil 2 years ago.
1: Yeah that's I mean that's it's like some salt in the wound, man. Uh, we, so the one time, the first time we ever played Brazil, we lose away. And then you have to do some thinking about why we didn't perform so well. Now I know why, but there's no reason to talk about it. But Brazil is going to be, a, can be a tough game. If we do not get out of our heads, and we make errors. Because we made errors, uh, like we did in the first half, I think Brazil will make it a little bit tough. But if we do it right, we can put 70 on them like we should have put 70 on Chile. That's what I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I agree. And Chile, uh, this past couple of of seasons have been going up and down. I I believe I previously mentioned that they have gone through three different head coaches oh, yeah. in the past two years. Um they had a relatively good uh, November series going uh, to the, the, the Cup of Nations in Hong Kong. And, uh, and they, I think they got second place to, to Russia, who I believe won that. And, of course, they got a couple of matches in Europe. Uh, but Brazil has been on an upward uh, trajectory. And for the fact that Brazil beat them at home, first time that Brazil has beaten in Chile in, in, in Chile, I think that match is going to be a lot harder in comparison to to the 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 Condors match that the Eagles just had. And keep in mind that Brazil's um, squad is always their first choice. And since this game is at home, it's a lot easier for them to get the guys coming from Rio de Janeiro and São Paulo to meet up in São José dos Campos, which is where they play their matches.
1: With with this one, I mean, I don't think it's a trap game based on everything so if we look at it we look at the fall so a good so the germany we played right the week before put 50 on uh put 50 on germany and then we put 50 on germany so what should happen is we should put like 70 or 80. um well alex so we got a question in the comments uh, you know what, from Super Sentai, what's up, man? Uh, wh- what happened to Spike? I don't know. Um, Sam McGuffey is on the bobsled team in the Winter Olympics. So if you've been wondering where he's been, he's been on the bobsled team for the last two years. Uh, Lorenzo Thomas? I, I don't know, man. I mean, he's still playing rugby. I can tell you that. He played, I'm uh, pretty sure he played in the PRP uh last two weekends, I think. Um Alex Elkins, he's in camp uh for the ARC. So he did sign with the Houston Sabercats that was announced last Tuesday. So, mm-hmm. I, think, so I think that covers that. Um, cool. um so any thanks for the question. Any
3: also Oh, guys, real quick, um, since Super Sentai is watching this live, Super Sentai, brother, let me know in the comments when you get a chance, uh, yeah. since we're a Super Sentai fan, what do you think about the new Power Rangers coming up in 2019 since they're going to take the 2012 <laughs> series instead of the 2017 series?
0: Ta-da. So let me know.
3: It's called Beast Morphers. Apparently it looks really cool. So, again, let me know.
0: So uh... And if you have any thoughts on Pokemon Go, let me know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so... And our Power Rangers, you let me know. <laughs>
1: Any further comments on the match, guys?
2: I got one more thing to mention. Um, As it relates to Major League Rugby, there were a lot of players represented. Of the 23 that played against Chile, 14 were from Major League Rugby teams, which is including Milan Aljabori, who has not been officially confirmed yet.
1: Well, not from them, but... True. USA Rugby... Did not list him as USA 7s. They list him as San Diego Legion. So there is yeah.
2: that. Well, we saw how the Angus-McClellan McC- thing worked out, so, too, out there. Aaron. yeah. yeah,
1: <laughs> I, th- I get told no two weeks in advance after we had found it first, right? And then... You know, two weeks later, USA rugby comes out about it and they're like and then it's like, no, nope. I am like, whatever, don't care. <laughs> you know. Um yeah. Uh I really I always look at the hookers because I'm a hooker. I re- yeah, Dylan Fawcett off the bench. Mm-hmm. Good job. And I think he butchered a Condor because his shirt was jer- his shirt was bloody. So,
3: that's true. I saw that.
1: <laughs> Moving on, you got an Empire State of Mind, guys. I don't know where Dan is, but Victor, you got your team.
3: That's right, bro. Couldn't be more happy with that. Well, I, I mean, I hope Dan comes by the time I, I'm done with my my little piece. So definitely, guys, it feels really good, obviously, to have confirmation that Rugby United in New York. Uh, is included in the 2019 plans for Major League Rugby. And I posted a, a picture on social media, in case you haven't seen it on the Twitter, uh, with a, a camp of a couple of players that are going to be playing an exhibition series uh, starting in March. Uh, I did recognize a couple of players in that picture. Um, you got center James Kelly, as well as uh, Luke Hume, a famous uh, winger of the U.S. team uh also a New York uh, New York Rugby Club player and friend of the show, Mr. Willie Dominguez, uh, Dominguez. Uh, hola Willie, uh, he was also in. A couple of players from NIAC, uh, I'm sure, are going to be in, inside of the, the team, but of course, we're down in Houston. Um, the coaching staff, of course, is New York City expected as well, with a former U.S. Eagles coach, Mike Tolkien, and a buddy of his, Mr. Bruce McLean that's connected with Iona College. Uh, I I can't wait, obviously, for the uh, the match on March 24 versus the Boston Mystics, a team that is either Mystic River with a different name or a possible new entry in MLR as well. So we'll see what happens. Yep.
1: No, Dan. Um, So uh, I will read Dan's comments verbatim. I think that works out. Uh, unless Josh wants, Josh wants to read his comments or read them.
2: <laughs> I, I was just trying to figure out what, what he was trying to say. So,
1: <laughs> so he said, fucking righteous. And then uh, he spoke with uh, Nishant and Kevin from Rugby United New York today. Uh, loves what they're putting together. The interview will be available um, on SoundCloud whenever Corey produces it. I don't know why he said Wednesday. Uh from all reports, they are being inclusive of the entire Empire GU, not just at NYC. They're building a sustainable model with the aims of growing rugby in the region and contributing to the national team. And Dan is all for it. So moving on. Uh, so this was a big one. Uh, so the San Diego Legion announced their coaching staff and the stadium that they will be playing in. On Friday, uh, San Diego Legion announced their staff. Uh you know, what do you guys think of the Legion staff? Not
3: much. I mean. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, I, I go ahead, Victor. Seriously, I don't have anything to add.
3: Oh, very well. I mean, I was, I was waiting for one of you guys to, since Danny's not here. Well, yes. <laughs> besides Actez, I really don't know anyone else on the coaching staff, so I can't have much of an opinion on the subject in all honesty. Now the great thing is that we know all seven coaches of the inaugural NBA League rugby season Uh, and by the way guys I do suggest that we need to do a compare and contrast uh, section before the start of the season to see how each individual coach uh, may lead their team to victory. So that's probably something that we'll do maybe early April uh, as we get closer to the, the start of the season.
2: Sounds like a good idea. Um. -hmm. Yeah. You know, I I thought it was good staff for what they have. Um, I know Cracknell's the the forwards coach. Um, we played sevens a lot. Um, I figured the (laughs) figured the forwards coach would be a bit more of a forward. I I would say. So I guess that's right now. That would be my only concern with the Legion would be their forwards. So.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I listened to that. And then I, I mean, I know he's been like, he was England's first, you know, fully contracted sevens guy. And yeah. then he, you know, was a player coach with sevens. And then he coached as an assistant with, while he played with England women's sevens. And then obviously, you know, he was the director of women's rugby uh, for Fiji. So I, I know all that seven stuff, but he did, you know, I think he put up over 30 appearances with the premiership, uh, you know, playing 15s. And then he was, uh, while he was playing sevens, he was the director of rugby for, you know, the club he played in as a kid. So, now, when it comes to, like, your forwards coach, propping is, propping is difficult. So, I understand that. But as far as like locks and loose forwards, shouldn't be an issue there. Um, uh, you know, then you got Testy. Uh, lo- love seeing Test. You know, grinding it out. Uh, you know, becoming a coach. You know, he worked with the SoCal Griffins this last year. Coach SDSU in sevens, and then Rob. You know, he's. You know, he was a an age grade defense coach with Wales, and was the defense coach at Wasps. Uh, back in two thousand nine to twenty twelve, and then uh, I think yeah, and then he coached in Japan for two years before coming to the United States. So I think it's a it's a really good staff. And here's the important part that differentiates you know them from you know others is that he's there are no player coaches.
2: Yeah,
1: think about that. You know, <laughs> so, so some, I, of the, some of the teams have player coaches.
2: I, I like this comment from Dan. Um, I expect to see lots of champagne rugby in San Diego. Almost all announced players are Eagles backs and even the coaches are primarily backs. The forwards coach was even a flanker slash Shevin's player. Maybe if Seattle hadn't signed every front row in the country then we'd see more out of San Diego.
3: <laughs> and the funny thing is that he's right. That is a funny thing.
1: Oh, <laughs> It's so true though. You know? Um, yeah, I, I'm sort of excited about what they're going to be able to do so
0: well i i also just wanted to say i think uh it's good to see them actually announcing some stuff and i know we've been a little bit critical uh of their silence lately but it sounds like they're doing the work and building the team rather than worrying about uh, the pr stuff so uh, i guess they're just going to let their performance on the on the pitch next or later this year uh, speak for itself at this point. So uh, the other nice thing about San Diego, which we know is they've got a very dedicated uh, community already built um, that have slid over from uh, the breakers straight over to uh, the Legion. So it's good to see. So, uh, Hey, we had actually another comment come in. Um, if you guys don't mind jumping back to the Rooney discussion for just okay. one second. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ryan commented, uh, he thinks it's pretty amazing that an expansion team, uh, Rugby United, uh, is joining MLR without MLR even having played a single game or having a single game under its belt. So I can't tell, uh, Ryan, if you're being a little sarcastic there or if you're just genuinely happy about that. But I actually think it is pretty cool. I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, it, it bodes well for <laughs> seeing this thing going more than one season. The process looks pretty pretty
1: smart, right? Because they're starting from, you know, nothing. So what we're going to see here is like the Arrows and uh, Rugby United New York is they're playing, you know, high level club matches, uh, you know, the season before they become, you know, full members of the league, at least with New York's case. Where and so it says about confidence with the league, but I'll, I'll also point out that James Kennedy tried to get a Pro 14 team here, and for some reason they just went to South Africa. You know, he had he was ready to go, like start construction on a I think the same piece of property that uh, he's going to start construction on for Rugby United New York, and uh, he's obviously moved on and. Is going to support a domestic league. He's a man with uh you know a significant amount of cash and it says a lot about his uh, vision for rugby in the United States and what what he said they want to do.
2: So let me ask you, Aaron, since you're our resident inside MLR guy, that preseason status where they play current MLR teams, does that become standard for the future?
1: Um it will be to an extent because I think at one point, at some point there won't be an ability to do so. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you will have to uh, raid other rosters yeah. for players and you will have to draft players in from the collegiate game because mm-hmm. there's just – you're gonna to have to like have your. I think you're gonna to have to have your academy set up first, right? Won't won't it make more sense as like, hey, you're an expansion team. Well, you're gonna the hopefully the quality of rugby is so high that you have to you know be investing in developing talent before you can even get to the pitch because you
2: there just won't be enough. So I, I guess that transitions so if it becomes to the point where they can't play the major league rugby teams, do they play the Academy teams?
1: Um, that, that will be a, uh, that will be a way forward. I think. All
2: right.
1: Um, you know, you just, it's going to have to be an incremental process. Yeah. Um, and hopefully eventually uh, we're going to be at the point where, you know, just like in the NHL, like I'm talking about, so you look at the NHL, you look at the expansion teams in the NFL, you have the expansion draft, which literally raids team, raids players from other teams, right? And then you have like the regular draft, which brings in new players.
3: for example is what happened with the new Las Vegas Knights team, which... Is just a, an amalgamation of other players coming from the other uh, thirty-one uh, other 30 franchises. So, yeah, that's a perfect example. Okay, guys, let me take the word real quick. Two things. Uh, one, because we haven't mentioned that 45-13 was the score with the with Chile and, and the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles won 45-13. Mm-hmm. Second, uh, just to go over real quick, the coaching staff of the Legion, because I don't think we haven't mentioned many names. So, first of all, uh, uh, Rob Holy is a coach. He's an English guy. Sacked, as we already mentioned, uh, you may know him from the Sevens team of the U.S. Um, he is backs Co- coach and academy, academy director. Then you got, who we mentioned already, uh, Chris uh, Cracknell, forwards and breakdown coach. Uh, then you have Roy Holmes, performance manager. And finally, Henry Dembronski, I hope my Polish was pronounced correctly, who's a performance specialist. So that's a breakdown of the Legion team.
1: Um, I mean, you know, the, the performance specialist guys are employees at Exos, so I, you know, I kind of just kind of went past them because, uh, you know, they're, I will say the resumes as far as strength and conditioning, they're, they're top notch. These guys train NFL players to prepare them for the draft. I think so two years ago, uh, half of the first round draft picks trained at Exos facilities. Think about that. Like that's the kind of facility and that's the kind of strength and conditioning program the Legion are gonna be in. So it's gonna be pretty hot.
3: There you go. Moving on.
1: Uh, you know, uh so player signings. We only had one officially. So Josh, take that one.
2: Yeah, the Seattle Seawolves seem to be signing somebody every week. So this week we got not a front row player, we got Peter Mario Eagle, number five He's been a member of the Seattle Saracens and the WAC sevens. He's an alumni of the university of Arizona rugby program. And he was a bronze medalist for team USA at the 2011 Pan American games.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tibbs, man. Can't wait to, can't wait to see him back. Cause like, so we sort of had, uh, you know, a revolving door in the centers and now I think, you know, I, I, I liked Tiberio as a sevens player and mm. I sort of felt like he got capped and sort of disappeared. And I didn't know why, uh, for 15s. Um, so I think you're going to see Tiberio you're going to see Bender. They're going to be back on the radar for the Eagles. Uh, Bender, I guess he wants to, he wants to be on that Olympic sevens team again. You know, he's, that's one of his goals. So, um, Moving on, uh, Tweet of the Week. What do we got, Josh?
2: This was pretty cool, actually. So we had from Twitter, (laughs) Seagolis. USAR asked to describe the ARC homestand in emojis. And he tweeted out thumbs up, thumbs down with USA thumbs up and all of our opponents thumbs down. And Victor caught this, but he accidentally used the Uruguay flag for Argentina.
3: Which I had to change, by the way. I don't know how you confuse those two flags. I mean, they're the same color, but I mean, the, the sun is on, on the corner of one in Uruguay in the middle of Argentina. So I don't know how you confuse those two flags, bro. Seriously. Like, how's that possible?
2: What?
1: I mean, no. It's, oh, oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this one was, this one was like thinking, yo, let me mess him up. Oh, no, no, no. He's right. Like, I can't. <laughs> I got nothing hey. against him.
1: If it's not an
0: American flag, it don't matter.
1: So I tried to do this. Is, so this, wow, dude. So I was trying to give a shout out to you know top countries from last week and top cities from last week, and there was no on my emoji keyboard. Sadly, there was no UK flag. What you look yeah, for hey? Great Britain? Yeah, there was no. on My Android freaking keyboard. There was no.
3: No UK way. a second. I'll, I'll check on mine. Give me a second. There's no way.
1: So let me – I guess I'll look at the Gs. Let me look at the Gs on this
3: keyboard, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I'll – I was man, looking, at, I'm looking, the at, I'm looking at –
1: I'm looking at the U's, right? So. Yeah, of course.
3: Yeah, the end. I don't know if I say it myself.
1: So G, so after Germany, yep, Georgia.
3: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not in the U's, right? And I'll it's not – I know.
1: So great – like, so after Greece, it's not there. A mine, like – I'll right
3: I'm, I'm, I'm looking bro i tell you right now
1: it's like this BS, bs you
2: know
3: uh, uh, of course i uh, of course i know oh no 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 it is in the g's rather right between gabon and grenada it is in the g's i just saw it what god yeah yeah it's there seriously like, no lie so okay so let me see one, two, Oh yeah three, i see it four. yeah i got it yeah
1: got
3: on, it. on the fourth page on the yeah, fourth I page I, I got it you. i
1: but i'm looking at i'm looking for united kingdom you know
3: well no you should it's no, it's no you should be looking for up. Great Britain yeah obviously. Great Britain.
1: United Kingdom of Great Britain so jack and and Northern
3: Ireland yeah so. that I forgot Northern Ireland.
1: Great Britain and Northern Ireland so jack that out of them. So uh, moving on <laughs> to that was,
3: that was funny news,
1: news views and abuse um this man a lot of things happened, man Canterbury rugby union. Uh, and the BnZ Crusaders purchased a minority ownership of the Seattle Seawolves. I think we cut that out from last week. Uh, SaberCats updated their preseason schedule, dropping Mystic on April seventh and traveling to San Diego to meet the Legion instead. Shout out to the Captain's Run for noting this, noticing this one. Although I think we noticed it before then. I'm pretty sure. There's five people. We have a lot of eyes. <laughs> but, but no, serious. Etch, good job. Um, and related to that, Houston will take on NOLA Gold this Saturday. It is Mardi Gras night in Houston. And the Texas A&M and LSU will play as the doubleheader ahead of that. And it will be broadcast on mm-hmm. 11 Sports. So that's cool. Um, so two for one if you buy tickets. And I'm told there is a 400-pound crawfish boil going down. From Tiny Guidry, all right? Um, Utah Warriors play three preseason matches against the Glendale Raptors, the Ontario Arrows, and the Alberta Wolfpack, respectively. Nola Gold High School Rugby Combine will be on for March at Gretna Park. And the Dallas Griffins uh, had an article in the Dallas Business Journal um, and they're eyeing entry into 2019 and hope to have their stadium contract for the 2019 season set. Uh, the Seattle Seawolves' single-game tickets are now available. Middle section is completely sold out, so you better hurry up. Glendale just started their single-game t- tickets sales, and the players announced, uh, by other means, we had, uh, well, I guess we could say Andrew Suniula is... No, we talked about that last week. I thought. No, no, it was on Tuesday. Um, well, that's official. I know that for a fact. Elkins is also official. We talked about, didn't we talk about Z Nguyenia last week? Uh, nope. you know, All right, well, there's Z Nguyenia. And, uh, you know, he was with Nick Evans running on a Woodway treadmill. So was Malone Algibori, I believe, and Gil Cook. No, no, no. Malone it was Covian Broussard? It was Covian Gil Covian, Derek Broussard. I saw Malone Algibori and something else. I'll tell you what, <laughs> uh, and Joseph Nichols were also signed by teams, uh, waiting on official confirmation. And finally, questions from Bob.
2: Quick correction, Aaron. That LSU um, Texas A and M match is after the Ontario's. The Ontario Arrows preseason. Oh, rate.
1: man, I jacked that up. Oh, whatever. Well, March 3rd. So you won't get the ca- crawfish boil, but you will get some maple syrup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, we got some questions. Uh, thank you for uh, Bob OG for uh, sending in a few of them this week. And uh, sorry we're not getting to all of them, Bob. We're running a little short on time, but we'll do what we can do. So, first up from Bob B Boberson he asks is rugby better in snow or rain <laughs> mud mud
1: this is the earful of dirt podcast this is about playing mud rugby okay
2: thank you i, I will say i will say in that league that we will no longer mention that the first match between Denver and Ohio was one of the best matches i've ever seen I've, and it was I've, snow
1: i've played in the snow It's not bad when you're playing. It's bad when you come off the pitch. Like so, if you're on the bench, you're you're screwed. Like
0: that's generally true with snow. As long as you keep moving, you're fine. Uh, Hey, Josh. Out of curiosity, were you at that uh, that first match? Yes, I was. Uh, That's pretty special. For what it's worth. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Uh, Bob would also like to know, um, in your opinion, and I'm assuming we're talking uh, in MLR, would an unintentional dick tackle be a penalty, a yellow card, or a red card? Unintentional? Um,
1: Well, I think they're just unintentional. Um, I mean, I've seen those unintentional ones. Um, intentional ones are straight up red, man. Ouch! I, that's that's a no go.
0: Hmm. Anyways, any other, any other thoughts on that one? Nope, it just
3: hurts. Ouch.
1: What was it? Someone asked about cups. I don't. I don't know anyone who wears cups in rugby. Maybe we should start. Maybe we shouldn't. I've never worn a cup in rugby, so
2: yeah.
0: Move that, uh, move that up to the top of the list right with helmets, huh? Yep. Uh, the last question tonight comes from Flippity Floppy 10. Has a fantastic screen name. Name's Flippity name. Floppity, Floppity 10. Would like to know, with recent signings from the Chicago Lions, uh, players coming down to different clubs, uh, MLR clubs, uh, what is the likelihood Chicago is still going to join MLR in 2019?
1: Well, if you saw the the team that they fielded against uh, Sabercats, uh, you know, a lot of those guys had some really solid, great resumes that, you know, are probably prospects for either the Chicago Lions itself if they do enter the MLR or, you know, another, another team because, like – you had tons of dudes who had high level academy experience from Ireland. you know it's just a massive city and it's one of those cities that attracts those kind of people per se. so I think they won't necessarily have issues to be honest if I think the biggest issue for them is physical plant stuff
0: i uh, I, I gotta agree with you and I think you know we kind of have the exact same question. When we started hearing rumors about uh, a Canadian side coming on next year, and then we also saw a bunch of Canadian nationals coming down to Seattle and some of the other clubs. So I I don't think players playing season one or even signing a two-year deal uh, from any particular locations necessarily tells you whether uh, they're going to field a team or not. I mean, Chicago would have no problem attracting players from all over the place to come up there as well. It's a fantastic city. There's a lot going on there, and we've uh, got a lot uh, to offer anybody who would go. So I don't yeah, I don't see a few players moving off the Lions squads um, or uh, any of the other uh, teams up there as meaning anything at all for a potential Chicago side. So I'm still hopeful. I'm still pulling for a Midwestern team. So that's that's my hope.
1: Well, um, I thought, you know, I mean, I'm from California, so Denver's kind of Midwestern
0: for me. Yeah, yep, that's definitely not the Mountain West. <laughs> just, just minus the corn. <laughs> if you got mountains, you're not the Midwest. Sorry. <laughs> Let's just break it down that way. Boom. Mic drop. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, guys, is there anything else, uh, or are we uh, wrapping it up for the night? Uh, man. Final thoughts. We're,
1: I'm. We're done. I got nothing. Um, it's, you know, uh, check out the Eagles against the Tupis in Brazil uh, on the Rugby Channel, or if you are not into that, uh, it, it will be on ESPN3 the next morning, so – If you're a nerd like me, you're probably going to watch twice the second time. It's probably going to be rewound about 30 times. So that's all I got. Mm -hmm.
3: Sounds good, guys. Well, as usual, uh, we'll end the show, everyone. So first of all, thank you, everyone, for for, uh, watching the live stream. By the way, we had uh, 1.7 watching, which for some of you probably think, oh, that's not a lot, but to us a lot of people, seven of us listening, some people listening to this live, that's great uh, so of course thank you for those who have done so, and of course guys thank you for listening once again to the Earful of Dirt podcast, keep in mind this was episode number 24, we're getting there that's really good, number 24 so guys, of course, make sure to subscribe to our channel, that will be Earful of Dirt podcast and that will be of course on YouTube Make sure to like us, of course, on our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of them as Earful of Dirt. I don't really mention it often, but if you haven't, make sure to check out, of course, the Reddit page uh, of uh, Reddit. Reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby, if you haven't done so already, to keep up with the news of Major League Rugby as they come. On top of that, make sure to visit our website, earfulofdirt.com. Or we have, of course uh, writing a couple of articles regarding games and the like, and that falls on Jesse's part for the most part, and Aaron for that time as well. Both of them great writers, so make sure to check that out. <coughs> Excuse me, and also make sure to add us to iTunes, Acast, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, and leave us a review if you haven't done so already. Still waiting for those five-star reviews so we can read it out loud. And finally, guys, make sure to call us to our uh, boy, uh, phone number, which still, someone no one has, hasn't done, done so. I'm quite surprised. And that will be 1 720 600 2679. Again, that's 1 720 600 2679. And with that, everyone, we have come to an end of another great episode of the Major League Rugby podcast. So, once again, my name is Victor. That was Aaron. That was Josh. That was Corey. And, well, Daniel, who got lost. In the shuffle of the MTA uh, train system. Um what you'll see next week, I guess. <laughs> so guys, guys have a great night, and we'll catch you next week. Good night.
2: night.
0: Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt@gmail.com. at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.